Another holds on to what he should give and he is poorer. So he says, he's talking about scattering. He's talking about giving. One gives and actually increases. Another holds on to his money and actually has less money. You'd think if you held on to your money tighter, you'd have more money. Wouldn't you? But in the kingdom of God, it's just opposite. He said, actually, if you hold on to your money too tight, you'll actually have less money. So he says there is that gives and actually increases. So here's the great thing the Lord told me after, you know, 50 years of going to church and my dad's a pastor. So we're talking about 67 years. And he said, um, he said, cause my dad taught us to tithe and to give. And he said, um, he said, I did not design tithing and giving for you to decrease. All right, let's try that one more time. Because in your mind, you're thinking that when I'm given, I'm actually going to have less money. But God said, I actually designed tithing and sowing or giving for you to increase. Which means you can actually give more than you've ever given and still have more than you ever had. You know, pray for your mind for a minute right there because you're thinking, (laughs) praise the Lord. And so once I began to understand this, then I realized generosity would produce generosity. Amen. So he says, when you give, he said, it'll actually cause increase. Other translations simply say the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So if you want to enlarge your world, generosity God sees that generosity. I can't tell you how many chapters in the Bible and examples of generosity that got God's attention. And whether you're rich or whether you think you're not rich or you may be poor, people that were poor got God's attention through their generosity. Rich people got God's attention through their generosity. All right. So God designed generosity, not for you to decrease, but for you to increase. All right, let me pray with you over your giving. Father God, we thank you for your abundant provision. We act upon your word. We're tithers, we're givers, we sow. We sow generously and we reap generously. Thank you for an abundant harvest of blessing that comes in this year, blessed not only financially, but spiritually. Increase in revelation, increase in joy, increase in blessing in our lives, increase in our business and our finances. The blessing of the Lord, we give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. 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 God bless you as you give. I think um, Kenzie, Trina, y'all coming up here. We're glad to have Kenzie. This is her last night with us. Her mom and dad passed her in um, Ruston, Louisiana, and we have known her since she was a little baby. She was such a cute little baby. But we've known her since she was a little baby. And uh, she's very involved in her mom and dad's church and uh, a great leader. And also she just recorded her first song for her first uh, CD or album. And so, precious blood cleanses us from all sin. Thank you for the precious blood. The Lamb of God, all the blood of Christ, washes away sin. All the blood of Jesus gives us boldness and confidence. We worship you, Father God. We worship you, Father God, because of the blood, because of the blood of Jesus. That we are clean, we're redeemed, washed in the blood. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father God, that we draw near. We come boldly to the throne of grace. We receive your mercy. We find grace to help us in the time of need. Thank you, because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray together, Lord. We thank you for your word tonight. The entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding unto the simple. We receive your word, not like a man is talking to us, but like it is the word of God. We thank you that your word gives light. Light. We walk in the light. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. We walk in the light. The light of your word, the light of redemption, the light of your love. We walk in that light. We thank you, Father, that your word works in us mightily. We trust the Holy Spirit to give us or bring to our remembrance 
and also to give us fresh revelation, understanding of your word. We give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You can sit down just for a few minutes. I'm going to give you several scriptures. We're going to talk about the precious blood of Jesus. Precious blood of Jesus. And um, I don't know, so many good places to start, but we're just going to start with Romans 3.25. And uh, we'll start right there. Because maybe tonight, next night, uh, the scripture the Lord gave me was uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 28 uh, while we were worshiping and that, that uh, Jacob was basically running from Esau because Jacob got the blessing from Isaac. And Esau's mad because he thought he was supposed to get it. Jacob got it actually because Jacob was really hungrier and actually valued spiritual things more than Esau. And so when he got the blessing, he's run, run from Esau and he ended up out in the field, you know, and if you know the story, it says he put some stones up there to sleep on. So he's just sleeping out in the middle of a pasture. And it said in the middle of the night, he dreamed. And in that dream, he saw a ladder come down from heaven. And it said, and angels were ascending and descending on that ladder. And he saw the Lord standing at the top of the ladder. And he said this, he said, um, God is in this place and I knew it not. And he said, now how could God be in that place? Well, it's just a pasture, just a field. And then she's singing in this place and I thought, God's in this place. And I knew it not. So it's possible for God to plan a meeting for you to have with him and you not be aware of it. And so Jacob, with the blessing, he said, God's in this place, I knew it not. He said, and this is none other than the house of God, which is why he called it Bethel, which means this is the house of God. He said, and this is the gate of heaven. So he had a meeting with God. So tonight we're going to talk about how to have a meeting with God. Or you could actually mark the spot in the carpet where you're sitting and say on Tuesday night, I had a meeting with God. <laughs> Woo. And so when Jacob had that meeting with God, you can read the rest of Genesis 28. And he said, Lord, you, you bless me. You said you would bless me. And he saw the goodness of God. And then it says, uh, and he called it Bethel. And he, and he paid a vow. He made a vow to God that he said, everything you bless me with, I'll give a tenth to you for the rest of my life. So as a, Abraham's the first tither, Isaac's the next tither, Jacob's the next tither. So you could say tithing ran in their family, but you could say the blessing of the Lord was upon their life, the increase of God. So we believe that God, if he can meet Jacob in the middle of a pasture with some stones, come on, he could meet you here tonight, turn your life around, bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Amen. And open your eyes where you can see the source of your supply is the Lord. And there's a ladder coming up and down and, and angels, literally the glory of God. And the resources of God actually coming from that highway where angels are coming up and down. Yeah. Amen. Well, it doesn't just have to happen in church. We're going to look at Romans 3.25. We're going to see that it could happen just about anywhere. Amen. Come on, it happens in church more because we're a corporate gathering. And you can mark the spot. And I've been in meetings. Actually, Brother Copeland prophesied to me probably 20 years ago. We were in a big meeting like this, and that's exactly what he told me. He said, you mark the spot where you're standing right now. And you remember this place because you'll never be the same from this day forward. Amen. <laughs> How many believe God can have those kind of meetings with you? Yes. Amen. Nobody can get closer to God than you can. Amen. So we're going to look at some scriptures here, Romans 3, 25, and, and you're going to say, I believe God's in this place. How many believe God can get you in the right place at the right time with the right people? 
Amen. And take whatever the enemy meant for evil, turn it around for your good. Redeem your life from destruction. Hallelujah. And set your life on course, not only for blessing, but for significance for the next generation. Praise the Lord. Whoo. All right. Romans 3.25. Can you find that? All right. Well, you got the King James Version. We want to use that first of all. And it says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the patience or the forbearance of God. He says, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be righteous and the justifier of righteousness of whoever believes in Jesus. Next verse says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Now go back to Romans 325 because we want to look at, at this scripture here and we want to underline this particular verse here. He says, whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So don't you underline that phrase in your Bible or remember that verse through faith in his blood, through faith in his blood through faith in the blood of Jesus. In the New Testament, you really cannot talk about faith without talking about the blood of Jesus. Yeah. All right, we're going to try that one more time. So obviously I'm going to talk to you about faith. You in the New Covenant, the New Testament, you cannot even discuss faith without talking about the blood of Jesus. So we do have faith in the name of Jesus, faith in the power of God, faith in the word of God, faith in the ability of God and faith in God. But here he's talking about specifically in the New Testament, having faith in the blood of Jesus, or I believe in the blood. I believe in the power of the blood. And Andrew Murray said that the application or sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. In other words, we do praise in God. We recognize the goodness of God. He said, but knowing what the blood has done and the application of that blood is the highest act of worship. That means you can get places in the presence of God that you cannot get any other way except through faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now I grew up where my mama always was pleading the blood. She said, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I didn't understand it when I was young. She'd say, I plead the blood. She did have a many, if we were driving somewhere dangerous, I plead the blood. Bad weather, I plead the blood. Hurricane coming, I plead the blood. I, come on, I totaled out six cars when I was in high school, backslidden. My mama said, I plead the blood. Come on, I, I brought my girlfriend home from high school. She had a short skirt, man. She had something. And my mama said, I plead the blood. And so, uh, then... <laughs> When Trina finally showed up later, she said, thank God for the blood. So uh, she had a lot of applications for the blood of Jesus. But my mama was constantly what you'd call blood conscious. Come on. Blood conscious, the power of the blood. Amen. Amen. And not silent about the blood. Or you could say you honor the blood of Jesus by boldly declaring what it does for you what it does in you and nothing will stop the devil faster than you singing about the blood of Jesus. Even if you can't sing as good as I can, come on, nothing. Come on, even if you can't sing good, you might want to just read it out loud, but you start declaring the power of the blood and nothing will put the devil and demons on the run and depression on the run and fear on the run than you talking about the blood of Jesus boldly confessing. And that blood has produced a radical change in three distinct places. Number one, it has done something in heaven. And now in the presence of God, the blood of Jesus is there in the holy place and God himself lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. So when Jesus took his blood into heaven itself, Come on, because we talk about the blood of the cross, but the blood of Christ not only was shed for us on the cross, but when he was raised from the dead, he took his blood into heaven itself, into the holy place, right in the presence of God. And God himself in the holy place and presence of God, God lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you're going to live in victory and in blessing, you have to live in constant view and constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. If God lives in constant view of the blood of Christ, then every day you and I should live in a constant consciousness of the blood of Jesus. The power of that blood. What it says, what it does. So number one, it's done something in heaven. So turn to Hebrews 9, 12, and then we'll come back to Romans 3, 25 real quickly here. Hebrews 9, 12. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9, 12. Can you find that? H-E-B. There you go. All right. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. I love this one of my favorite verses. You just get up in the morning and say this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by or with his own blood. He entered in once, and the word once is significant, which means if the devil's giving you a hard time, you tell him once upon a time. Read him a bedtime story. Knock him out. In other words, God's already done everything he's going to do about your situation. And no matter what you're in right now, he's not surprised about it. He never said, "Uh uh-oh. He said, I already took care of that 2,000 years ago. Well, I did it once. He entered in once. (laughs) Once for all time and eternity, once for every man and every nation and every language, once for every generation and once for every blessing and once for every problem and once for every devil that has to flee. In other words, he did it once. And he took his, (laughs) that means God had this plan. He said, I'm only gonna have to do it once. It never has to be repeated. I'm gonna do it once. You say, how long is it going to last? He said, it's going to last throughout eternity and eternal redemption for us. That means woo, beyond this world. Eternal redemption. He entered in once and where did he go? He took his blood into the holy place. There is a place. <laughs> and you can go there yourself. There is a place, and he says he went into the holy place, into the very presence of God, and he obtained eternal redemption. And the last two words ought to make you shout. Come on now. He did it for you. He did it for us. Come on. He did it for us. So he took his blood into heaven. He obtained eternal redemption for us. So he took his blood into heaven. When you get to heaven, you may want to check out this video. Because I guarantee you when Jesus is raised from the dead, spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, and then he took his blood right into heaven itself. All the angels are going, oh. <laughs> The veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. Come on, the whole earth shook. Something happened then that had never happened before. When he says neither by the blood of goats and calves means this is a better sacrifice than has ever happened in the whole Old Testament. Matter of fact, there's never been a blood like that blood. Because this is the blood of God. This is the divine blood of the Son of God. This is the blood of the last Adam. This is the blood of the new creation. And this is the blood that purchased your eternal redemption. And anywhere it's applied from Africa to India to Asia, come on now to Florida, when you know about the blood. There'll be a ladder open up between heaven and earth and angels will start coming down and the blessing of the Lord will be upon your life. I think you ought to start laughing already. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus. And one skinny old woman that knows about the blood. 
Come on now. I said, one skinny old woman that knows about the blood <laughs> can make hell tremble with one woman get up in the morning and say, I know something about the blood. That means, devil, you've done about enough here, and I'm applying the blood to the doorpost of my house and my family. When that blood was applied in the Old Testament, Psalms 105, divine covering and protection, when it was applied on the doorpost of the house, that means it's not enough to believe in the blood. You come on, you cannot be ashamed of the blood. That means somebody got to get out in public on the doorpost of the house. Come on and lift your voice and say, I'm a believer. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. Put it on the doorpost of your house. It'll protect your marriage. It'll protect your family, your children, your grandchildren. And when that blood was applied, the destroyer could not enter into the house. And Psalms 105 says, once the blood was applied, he brought them out of bondage. Boy, I'm telling you, you cannot stay in bondage. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out with silver and gold. There was not one sick one among their tribe. He brought them. Oh my God, he brought them out. <laughs> you ought to shout right now. Hallelujah. Woo. We got swinging Through this new covenant. Come on, God's a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. He said, my covenant, I will not break and I will not alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. That means the word of God, it is written, forever settled in heaven. If God said it, he watches his word to perform. Yes, yes. yes. Plead the blood. Praise God. Everybody needs at least four crazy friends. They don't care what nobody think about them. When it comes to Jesus, you don't care what nobody thinks about you. Come on now, it wasn't education that kept you alive. Come on now, it wasn't acting dignified that kept you alive. It was Jesus that kept you alive. So let's finish this now. Well, Psalm 105. Because the blood was applied, Woo, and I, I hadn't even got to my first point yet. But because the blood was applied. Because the blood of Jesus applied now by faith. When that blood was applied, he brought them forth with silver and gold. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on, God will bless you coming in and bless you going out. He'll make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Listen now. And it said, they came out loaded. Because God ain't planning you just dragging out of bondage. He's bringing you out loaded, baby. Come on, let the devil know he's going to pay for that. I said, let the devil, you're going to pay for that. Ah, you messed me up. You're going to pay for that, devil. <laughs> Silver and gold. I had a really dignified message tonight. It just seemed, seemed to be coming out just that way. Silver and gold. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. And if you'll get bold about it, the blessing of the Lord will come upon your house and everything you put your hand in. He brought them forth with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person, not one sick person out of their whole tribe, over one million people, and ever one of them got healed. 
You ought to declare from the top of your head to the soles of your feet that healing is mine, health is mine, strength is mine, my body's strong, my mind is strong because of the blood of Jesus. Woo! I'm gonna be strong, live a long time. <laughs> wait, 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 we're not finished yet. Sit back down. And he brought them forth with joy. That means they were singing, they were shouting, they were laughing. Come on, they were dancing. They came out of bondage. He brought them out with joy. You don't have to have marijuana to get happy. You don't have to have Jack Daniels to get happy. If you got the Holy Ghost, you can get happy. You can be free from depression of every kind. If you're washed in the blood of Jesus, woo, you say, I'll never have another depressed day the rest of my life. You ought to shout about it right now. Say, I'm happy. <laughs> Come on, we are the happiest people in Apopka right now tonight. <laughs> wait, 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 sit down, sit down. One more part here. And he gave them the land of the heathen. There's a heathen living on your land. I said, there's a heathen living on your hand. Come on, if you'll believe God, you ain't going to be a renter the rest of your life. You're going to be an owner. I own the land. I, I own that property. That belongs to me, glory to God. He gave me the land. somebody say, you own the land. You own the land. Come on, look, somebody say, the land is coming into your hands. Come on, the land is the property that's coming into your hands. Don't act like you ain't supposed to have nothing. Act like the land comes to my hand. The property comes into my hand. We just got that big piece of land. We found out people down at the bank are saying, how'd that preacher get that land? Most beautiful piece of property on the whole highway. Oh, yeah. That preacher got that property. I went, ha! Right. <laughs> that preacher with that jet got that property. Ha! <laughs> Come on, the devil's a liar. You're washed in the blood. Come on now, God wants you healthy, blessed abundantly because of the blood of Jesus, free from depression, free from shame, free from the past, free from guilt. You're washed in the blood. Ha, ha, ha. You ought to laugh all the way home. If you knew what God had prepared for you in the next five years, we couldn't keep you quiet. You'd say, my God. He's changing my thinking. He's changing my talking. He's changing my expectation. Go ahead and laugh just a few minutes. Say, ha. Huh? God's in this place. Come on, go ahead and mark the carpet where you're sitting. You're sitting there. I was like on the third, I was on the third row, I was about three seats over. Come on, and I was about two, three seats over, down the fourth row. Come on, on Tuesday night, heaven came down and God changed my life. God is in this place. God is in this place. Man, you come to church every Sunday, you say, God is in this place. <laughs> If the elevator gets crowded, try that and it'll empty at the next floor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo! The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. Christ has redeemed us. Purchased our freedom with his blood. I said with his blood. With his blood. 
the more you know about the blood and the more conscious you are of the blood and the greater your confidence is in the blood and the louder your confession about the blood, the greater the blessing will be that'll come to your house and to your life if you'll boldly declare, Satan shall not dominate my house. Sin cannot dominate my life. Christ has redeemed me. Jesus is my Lord because of the blood. I said, because of the blood. Not because you did everything right. Come on now, we know you didn't do everything right. But through faith in the blood of Jesus, his blood paid it all. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and laugh a few minutes. I don't know how You can't even follow instructions, can you? I told you to laugh a few minutes. What's wrong with you anyhow? Come to church on Tuesday night and can't follow instructions. I said, laugh a few minutes. You said, what am I laughing about? I'm laughing at the devil. He's a liar. I'm laughing and rejoicing in the victory that's mine in Christ. Surely you don't want to come to church on Tuesday night and not follow instructions. Just practice a little bit. Ha, 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 ha. You say, what am I laughing about? You'll find out. I said, you'll find out. I said, you'll find out. You may not know right now, but you'll find out what you was laughing about on Tuesday night. You'll find out. You say, look what the Lord has done. Come on now. I didn't deserve it. Come on, but the blood of Jesus paid for it, and I receive it right now. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> look at me in that tone of voice. I said, I've been kicked out of better places than this. <laughs> the blood. Not too long ago, I was preaching on the blood of Jesus on Sunday morning. And somebody, a grown man, bam, fell out, had a seizure. You say, why? The devil can't stand it. You can do all kinds of religious stuff when you start talking about the blood. He's going to have to get out of your house. Well, we're, slinging, we're slinging blood everywhere, man. <laughs> and you may not fully understand it, but you declare in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Against every worry, every anxiety, every fear, every feeling, every temptation. I plead the blood of Jesus. Well, I feel like slapping somebody already. <laughs> what do you mean slapping? <laughs> That's what Dad Hagen do. He'd walk around and just kind of slap you. Not too hard. Don't get upset. No, he'd just kind of tap you on the head. We'd call it slapping. And he had a ring, so sometimes he'd hit you in the head with that ring. So you'd get blessed and a bump on the head. But he, that anointing, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Break every yoke. Come on, the devil might have done something and told you that would never come off of you for the rest of your life. I'm telling you, he's a liar. What the blood of Jesus has done will break every chain, will remove every stain. By the power of that blood, don't let him tell you that you'll be that way the rest of your life. You say, not by the power of the blood. Come on, it may look like you ain't doing too well right now, but through faith in the blood of Jesus, the Lord turns things around in your life. He'll turn the curse into a blessing because of your faith. In the blood. In the blood. In the blood. 
At our church, I preach on this a while until I run a few people off. I know it's working. Hallelujah. Until the blessing gets so strong, you'll say, I know my kinfolks didn't do that for me. Jesus must have done that for me. Ha, 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 ha. Now, look at Hebrews 9, 12. Then we're going to go down a couple more verses. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. He entered in once into the holy place. He obtained eternal redemption. The word redemption means he purchased our freedom. Paid for. He paid it all. He paid it all. Redeemed from, redeemed from, Redeemed from the curse of the law. Redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But now you're also redeemed to God. So we're redeemed by the blood and it's an eternal redemption. So how long is that going to last you? (laughs) Come on, if you hadn't figured it out, this world's pretty temporary. I I know you might be young, but I'm going to tell you, it's pretty temporary. Come on, stuff you think you accumulated can disappear in just about 10 seconds. But when you have an eternal redemption, come on, you're the happiest person in the room everywhere you go. When you have an eternal redemption, more than this world, you know you have eternal life. You know you're saved. Praise the Lord. Go to verse 14. So something happened in heaven when Jesus took his blood into heaven. But look at verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, how much more? Well, you ought to write that on your refrigerator. How much more? Because we have a better sacrifice. We've got a better covenant. And we got better blood. The blood of Christ. He said, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, now notice that. So the blood of Jesus is loaded, combined with, carries the eternal spirit. In other words, the blood of Jesus and the spirit of God are inseparable. All right, let's try this out of way. I said the blood of Jesus and the presence of God are inseparable. The blood of Jesus and the spirit of God. That means wherever the blood flows, the presence of God goes. Wherever the blood flows, the spirit of God works. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where the blood of Jesus is honored, your access to the realm of God is immediately open. Come on, it ain't ain't that far. Come on, you don't even need four-wheel drive. That means from this realm, the natural realm, the seen realm, God has given you the capacity as a human being redeemed by the blood to step out of the scene, step over into the realm of the spirit, into the realm of the glory of God and enjoy his presence 24-7, 365 because of the power of the blood. So the blood of Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> the blood of Jesus. God's in that blood. I said God's in the blood. Not normal blood. Come on, this is not regular blood. This is the blood of Jesus. 
He said, and that blood through the eternal spirit, he offered himself without spot to God and he will purge your conscience. All right. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you remember Andre Crouch, but he wrote the song. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. That means you can't get any lower than where the blood can reach you. You might have been in the pit, but the blood said, I've been to the pit too, and I'm right here with you. No matter how deep you go, it reaches to the highest place in heaven, the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. Andre shouting all over heaven right now. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Thank God for the blood. That means there's no place that sin or Satan can reach that the blood cannot reach. That means if Satan or sin can damage it, the blood of Christ can reach it. How far can it reach? He said it reaches to heaven. Here it says it reaches into your conscience. Come on, all the doctor's going to do is give you some pills for that stuff. Are y'all still? I said the doctor's going to give you some pills, baby. And once once you start taking them, you're going to have to keep taking them. Because that's the only thing they say, well, we're going to try to control your behavior and the bad feelings and the moods that you have. But let me tell you, there's something better than what, come on, you can get at Walgreens. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. And that blood can reach into your conscience, into the deepest part of your personality and remove the guilt and the stain of sin and the shame is removed, the stain is removed. There's no more guilty feeling there and the blood reaches into your conscience. Yes, amen. And you walk out free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, the devil got trouble, don't he? He got trouble. Because once you find out about this, I said, once you find out about this, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, maybe in your house, you may be tormented in your mind, maybe all kinds of voices. They said the the voice of self-condemnation, but the blood of Jesus reaches and silences the voice that says you're guilty, but the blood says you're not guilty. The blood cleanses a guilty conscience. Woo! I said the blood cleanses a guilty conscience. You're not just forgiven. The word in the New Testament is not just the word forgiveness. The word in the New Testament is the word remission. Remission. What's the difference between forgiveness and remission? Because you could get forgiveness in the Old Testament. Even in the Old Testament, God said, I've forgiven your sin. And God said, and I will not remember. Hmm. That's Old Testament. But only in the New Testament. Can the blood of Christ not only remove your sin from God's remembrance, remove it from my remembrance, it removes it from your remembrance. (laughs) 
So if God don't remember you done anything wrong, once the blood of Jesus is applied in the New Testament, you've gone beyond forgiveness into remission, which means the guilt is gone. The penalty has been canceled. And God looks at you like you never did anything wrong. And that'll happen every day by the power of the blood of Jesus. Oh, man, the devil hates it when you find out about the blood. Because he'll try to bring up what you did or try to bring up what you didn't do. But the moment you say, hold it, hold it. I plead the blood. My counselor said, my advocate said, just to plead the blood. And I'm fixing to win this case right now because I plead the blood. Matter of fact, I'm going to rest my case on the blood of Jesus. That's how I'm going to rest the case. Close the case. Judge said case dismissed. make the devil so mad for you to be happy and free when he knows he had you guilty and the accuser of the brethren was silenced by the blood of the Lamb of God. Woo! Ha, 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 ha. Now let me show you this here now. Remission. The blood of the New Testament for the remission of sin. Jesus said. Hebrews, remission. So is it really the word remission is used more in the new covenant than forgiveness? Because remission of sin means not only forgiveness, but it means removal of guilt and the cancellation of penalty. Remission. Now let me show you a different picture of remission real quickly here. Because the remission of sin means the cancellation of whatever sin has produced or whatever it's done. So the remission of sin. So our little grandson, Dylan, um, five years old now, uh, two and a half years ago, diagnosed with leukemia. It's just a miracle that he stayed alive. You guys prayed, many people prayed. We spent days and nights just seemed like you're just fighting the devil. Well, the devil's defeated. We just told him you're going to have to get out. So Dylan not only lived, but they attacked the leukemia, had a tumor in his chest, and the tumor dissolved, and the doctor said that Dylan is in remission. Listen now, for almost two years, he's taken treatment after treatment. Oh, it's a long story. Anyway, and the doctor said, all right, we see no cancer cells. He's in remission. And one week before they ring the bell, the doctor said, we see a bad cell. Oh, we were just, oh. doctor said, well, we're going to have to do a bone marrow transplant. So all of us are very disappointed because we've been two years hospital, in the hospital. Now, bone marrow transplant. So we go meet in New Orleans. They recommended New Orleans Hospital, a doctor there from China originally, and she does a children's bone marrow transplants. And so she's one of the best in America. Her name's Dr. Yu. So I met with Dr. Yu, so all the family, well, the older ones in the family, met with Dr. Yu in a room, and she said, she explained to us everything that happens with a bone marrow transplant. And she said, if you have any questions. So we were in there for three hours. And then I said, I have some questions. Why? Did you tell us two years ago that the leukemia and the cancer was in remission and now we're back here at this point? She said, well, it was in remission, she said, but there's actually two kinds of what medical science calls remission. First kind is you just see, well, the disease is no longer working. She said, but there's another kind of remission which we call molecular remission. Molecular remission. Now, what is molecular remission? She said, that means we're going for a different kind of remission where we will study every molecule in Dylan's body and there'll be no evidence in any molecule that he ever had leukemia. She said, to achieve molecular remission, that's the purpose of the bone marrow transplant. All right, so she's explaining to it. Next thing is you got to find a donor. Well, we found out three of Dylan's brothers were qualified as donors. Three of them. 
Well, so they studied their blood even more until they came down to one of them they chose, and his name's Gavin. So they picked Gavin to be the donor. And Gavin was not that happy about it. <laughs> the Lord rewarded him just really this past week because he won the championship for the city in basketball, gave the trophy and everything. And they gave him another trophy for saving his brother's life. So that's little Gavin. But, but he went through some suffering, you know. So Gavin... So, to, so for him to be the donor, he has to go and they put a line in his chest, straight to his heart. And for four days, they took his blood and then they put it in a dialysis machine and they come out with the stem cells. They got enough stem cells to last for all of Dylan's life. Wow. While Gavin is going through this, having a rough time, Dylan is going through the, the, the radiation and chemo that is 10 times heavier than anything he's ever had. In the middle of that, he sang and danced and wore a little mask going through the radiation, a little Spider-Man mask they painted on the front of it, and he sang and laughed through the whole thing. The doctor said, we've never seen a kid do this. Then the day came for the bone marrow transplant, the stem cells, and everybody has to leave the room, and now it's just Dylan and a pole with a bag of blood, and that is Gavin, the donor's perfect blood, perfect stem cells. And Dylan's mom and dad, Dr. Yu stands at the side of the bed and Dr. Yu says to Dylan, he don't know what's happening, but she says, Dylan, we're getting ready to say goodbye to you because you will never be the same after this. So we started studying what happens when those stem cells from Gavin go in to Dylan, literally a bone marrow transplant, so much, such a radical change that if Gavin had committed a crime, Dylan could be convicted for it because they have the same DNA. And the blood, come on, the stem cells, new blood, new blood, went into Dylan's body for six hours. We began to pray and said, Lord, when those stem cells go into his body, that Dylan will say, y'all come on in. We're glad to see you. Come on in. And here comes Gavin's stem cells going into his body for six hours. Critical time. And so the doctor said, critical time, and we'll be in quarantine for a period of time. And then we're going to study to see how much of Gavin's stem cells are actually have been engrafted into Dylan. So after what, it was about four or six weeks or something. I can't remember exactly. And so they did the test. We were all like, oh, thank you, Lord. And the doctor, you, came out and she said, it's the most unusual thing I've ever seen. Dylan's body is now 100% Gavin's DNA, blood, 100%. She said many times people never ever get beyond 65%. He has 100% in six weeks. Family watched the Passion of Christ before oh. he went, and they took communion. Ah, good. And so the whole family watched the Passion of Christ before the stem cells, and then they all took communion together. And I'll show you communion. So now Dylan's stem cells—he's had a change of identity. They said, "We're going to say goodbye to you. You'll never be the same after this." And they said in that bone marrow transplant that literally that new blood can change the color of your eyes, can change the texture of your hair, can change the shade of your skin. And because it runs through your brain, it can change your personality and it can even change what you like and what you don't like. Dylan's back home now. Come on, and next week they take the line out. 
He's only been going to New Orleans once a week, and that goes down. So he's doing tremendous. The doctor made, look at this. What's going on here? It's amazing. But we noticed the other day that now Dylan's best friend is Gavin. And he's a twin. But Gavin's not his twin. But he is now. And Gavin loves basketball, but Gavin's the only one of the children that loves art and drawing. So no matter what's happening, he'll start drawing pictures and stuff. Very talented. And we looked at Dylan the other day at the table, drawing pictures on a piece of paper just like Gavin. Listen to me. If medical science can do something like that, what do you think God can do? Come on, when you were diseased in your blood, come on now, and God found a donor that Jesus Christ and the blood of God came down and God said, I'm gonna put my life in you. I'm gonna put my DNA on the inside of you. I'm gonna make you a new creature in Christ. All things are gonna pass away. Everything's gonna be new. I'm even gonna change what you like. I'm gonna change what you don't like. Are y'all still here? That means through faith in the blood of Jesus. Don't let the devil tell you you're stuck with the personality you got. Ah, come on now. Don't let the devil say that's just the way you are. You kind of like this and you like that. You say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I like what Jesus likes. I like what God likes. I hate what Jesus hates. He's my blood brother here. My natural identification is swallowed up in a new identity. Yes. In Christ. That if anyone is in Christ, you become a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything has become new. Well, you ought to shout hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm a new creature. In Christ, old things have passed away. Everything is new. I plead the blood. I have faith in the blood. My whole personality is changing. My thinking is changing. My desires are changing because of the blood. Boy, you ought to get happy. I'm just saying, you ought to get happy. God found a donor. He found a match. He got in a body. He said, I'll do it myself. The devil is so scared, you'll find out what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Because once you find out, he can't dominate you anymore. Come on, I didn't say you won't have any troubles. I just said he can't dominate you anymore. Through faith in the blood, two main characteristics. Number one, that blood must have accurate information or knowledge. Once you have knowledge of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, what it does in you, what it's done in heaven, and the power over the devil and hell itself. You are something. Uh, Let's try that. I said, you are something. You are something. Don't you know you are something? Don't let the devil tell you you're worthless piece of trash. Come on, you are something, man. Jesus paid for you with his blood. So we say, I'm blood blessed. So when you take communion, that's an act of faith. And you know what the blood has done for you and you take communion. He said, you do show the Lord's death till he comes again. The word show is the word promulgate. What's the word promulgate mean? Well, I wrote the definition down. It said the word show, the word promulgate actually means to officially put 
a law into motion by an official declaration. Let me see. I got it written down right here. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Every time you take communion, Bible doesn't tell you how many times you can take it once a week, once a day, or once a month. I mean, but when you take it, you ought to know what you're doing. You take the, the, the cup, which um, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, it is the cup of blessing. In the Old Testament, the blood was applied externally, but in the New Testament, you drink the blood. It's applied internally. Because God's moving into you. You take the crackers or the bread, which is his body, and you become identified with him. And you do show, the word shows, the word promulgate. Look that up in the dictionary. It just means this, to put a law or decree into effect by official proclamation. The illustration, I was preaching in Mexico City, and when I used this illustration, they said, we know what that word promulgate means. It's what happens at a wedding when you say, I now pronounce you man and wife. Amen. It's a legal decree. Proclamation. When you take communion, you say, I'm putting a law into effect by an official proclamation. It's a legal covenant. And I put this law into effect. And I tell the devil, it is illegal for you to try to put that mess on me. All right, let's try that one more time. I say, I tell the devil, it's illegal for you to put that mess on me because I'm redeemed by the blood. I now pronounce me and Jesus are one together. We're redeemed together. We're blessed together. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Marriage is one flesh. That's right. It's a law of the spirit of life in Christ. What is that law? It's a law that lifts you out of natural consequences and brings you into supernatural results. When you take communion through faith in his blood, you said, I do show, promulgate, declare legally my family, my household, the blood's on the door. And devil, you ain't going to do that in my house. Ha, ha, ha. The cup of blessing. People say, how much did you get blessed? You say, I'm blood blessed. You say, what do you mean? You say, that runs in my family. I really got it all by inheritance. the power of the blood. Thank you, we ain't playing. This is eternal. Look what the blood of Christ has done. It has sanctifying power through the blood and the Holy Spirit. Sanctifying means to break and separate you from what you used to be and used to do. And yet to set you apart so that you fully surrender to God to be filled with the Spirit of God. So your confession is by the blood of Jesus. I like what Wigglesworth said, there's not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. Not one thing. Not one place. Not one thing. My confession, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. From all unrighteousness. There's not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. You say, but I don't feel like that. Yeah, but we're talking about faith right now. Faith will have to come first and the feelings will have to show up later. I sure don't fly by my feelings. Why don't you expect me to walk by them? We walk by faith. Thank you, Lord. I don't want no pilots that fly by their feelings. Cost me $100,000 to train a pilot not to fly by his feelings. Are y'all still? 
He said, I want something more than just feelings here. Faith comes first. Then the feelings will have to show up later. When the devil says, how are you feeling? You say, you know, I don't fight there. I only fight the arena of faith. That's the only place I fight over here. That's right. The blood of Jesus, your confession, because this is your confession. We'll get to this later on. And here's what a lady came up to me. She said, she is a nurse. And she said this. She said, did you know that in your stem cells is a substance, a protein called laminin? I said, well, I've heard of it, but maybe you can kind of tell, tell me more about it. And I've heard, she said, that protein in every stem cell in your body is, is uh, alpha four, beta three, and it's shaped like a cross. And it's in every stem cell in your body. And without laminin, your whole body would fall apart. God put a cross in every stem cell wow. in your body. Wow. Woo, I said, God put a cross. Come on and run into your blood right now. The blood of his cross. Redeemed by his blood. Washed in his blood. Blessed because of his blood. Christ has redeemed us. No matter how you feel, glory to God. Listen, God is in this place. I said, God's in this place. I had a meeting with God tonight. Stand up on your feet and thank him for it right now. Father God, thank you for the blood of Jesus. I'm washed in the blood, redeemed by the blood. I cry, Abba, Father, you're my daddy, God. Thank you, Father God, because of the blood of Christ, because of the blood of Jesus. You purchased my eternal freedom because of the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him for a while. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. My faith, my confidence is in the blood of Jesus. The power of his blood. He purchased my eternal redemption, my freedom with his blood. And by that blood, I have access in the holy place, the presence of God, anytime, day or night. And I cry, Abba, Father, Father God, you're my Father. I belong to your family. Because of the blood, because of the blood, I apply the blood over my life, my family, my past, my future. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin, from all guilt, from all shame, cancels every penalty, and I am free. I am washed in the blood of Jesus. I live by faith. I have faith in the power of the blood. And the Spirit of God flows in that blood. And I honor the Holy Spirit. And I honor the blood of Jesus. And I live free. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah.